Shachtan, an Indo Askelige. Time in Mon Irok the Yen of Chacht Erachor, Agasuligum, a Makan Shaw, Gurfeder Echor, Inuik Kart, Len of Winterfein. Skilti, Fis, Turmi. Tashe Dochretche, Nach Vetok, Ara, Igornamion, and Kestian Echo. Vien Talam again Omgrev, Orkar Nrachtum. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. Yeah, having my head shoved into the uh, steps of the Ulster Bank in Ranla, called but of a gun put into the back of your skull, that's a moment where you go, okay, yeah, I think this one's up. How does a high-flying academic become one of Ireland's most prolific bank robbers? What I would see is the most important part of this still lies open. I'm Not Here to Hurt You, a brand new series from the award-winning team behind the Indo Daily. That November day, that's where it all, all begins. Out now, wherever you get your podcasts. And welcome to the left wing. It's round two of the Women's Six Nations this weekend and this championship goes up another few notches for Ireland. They play France in Toulouse on Saturday. Ireland have no points in the table after losing 27-19 to Wales at the RDS last Saturday. Now joining me on today's show is Irish independent rugby writer Keen Tracy who will be covering the game for us in Toulouse. And also here is former Ireland flanker and captain Claire Malloy. Claire, thank you for fitting us in between your night shifts as a doctor. Oh, well, thanks for having me, Sinead and Keen. Um, yeah, no, sure, it's been a huge talk about the last weekend's game. And yeah, no, excited to see how they, they go in France. Absolutely. Now, we asked Lindsay Pete about this last week. You obviously announced your retirement last autumn. What's it like for you not being part of the squad in the Six Nations after 12 years playing with Ireland? Uh, I think like it, it kind of hits you in different ways, uh, I suppose. I don't miss the long weekends and, and the travel uh, into camp. Uh, you know, I don't miss the double days, but uh, watching last weekend and, you know, watch all the Six Nations games, I, I think I do miss going out and trying to be better than my opposite number. And I kind of think, God, would I still be able to do that? Like, obviously, I'm still playing club rugby. And, yeah, I really enjoyed those battles with the opposition and, you know, trying to get a good performance out there. So, yeah, I miss that. I think that could of you know, some of the early mornings, not so much. Of course. What do you like as a viewer now watching Ireland? Uh, I suppose, you know, I, I, I like it's, I've just come out of it. You know, I, I'm looking for change, positive change in terms of our attacking structure. You know, that's been refreshing to see us going forward with a more dynamic uh, offloading style like the try from uh, Linda Duyang. That was lovely for him to play, interlinking play. You know, we had Delma Van offloading to Nicola Friday, quick brick ball, uh, Cronin playing in Sam Monaghan who hit that lovely line and then our Sonny Bill Sam it's not that I haven't seen that before <laughs> club uh, I'm going to ask in. you about her later obviously because you know her from playing at Wasps so yeah that's a bit good you know uh, I suppose like anything discipline wise yeah sure look uh, that's got to be something that's addressed you know a, a penalty count of above 10 in the international game is costly and not going to really turn the tide against us so I think they're frustrated seeing that but you know, it's a young group. You, you have to learn by doing, unfortunately. And, you know, if you're most, just a short number, short number of caps, 
it's just you have to go out and experience it and learn from each opportunity so hopefully there'll be huge learning this weekend coming into France yeah, well, the Ireland team to play France has been named now. There are no changes to the starting team or the replacements. I suppose the headline out of this selection is that Bavin Parsons is on the bench now. Ireland head coach Greg McWilliams was asked about this at the press conference today, and this is what he had to say about leaving Bavin, or Bay as he calls her, on the bench. I, I had a chat with Bavin on, on uh, Monday um, because Bavin is, like, it's easy for me to say it when you when you got presser, uh, but... She's been ridiculous. She's fully fit. She's raring to go. Um, but we, as a group, uh, we thought it was best to keep the same 23 with, with Bay on the bench to come off and, and to, to do some damage. It's hard for her because, you know, if you did replace one of the back three with Bay and that was your only change from the team that played against uh, Wales, it's as if that one player did something that meant that things didn't go our way. So I think it's important that you put faith in the 15 and Bay understands that completely. We're about the team and about the squad and Bay is just one player within the larger group of 26 for this game against uh, France. But she is, without question, I believe our most exciting player and she has a massive role to play with us moving forward. Um, Not just for this Six Nations, but after the World Cup at seven, she's going to be heavily involved with us and she is world class. And I know the Irish people want to see her play and... um, you will this weekend. So a few things on that, Keen. You could kind of understand it last week when Bavian was on the bench because we found out she was just coming back from an injury. So she came on at the RDS for Amy Lee Murphy-Crow after 54 minutes. But I think the general expectation was that Bavian would start against France. Now, as Greg rightly says there, Bavian is our most exciting player, but he says he wants to show faith in the team. But surely against France, we start with our most exciting and best players because the first thing against France is that you need to stay in the fight. You need to stay alive against them. So what are we not seeing here, uh, I don't know is the short answer Sinead I mean the two of us were sitting next to each other at the RDS last week and I remember I remarked to you how not just when she when Bavin came on the pitch but every time she got on the ball the crowd were up on her feet and a surge of electricity goes through the crowd and it's it's unbelievable there aren't too many Irish players I would say across the board who, who that happens with so um, look I think it's very strange particularly when Greg McWilliams, the head coach, is coming out and saying she is our most talented, exciting player. It's kind of a bit of mixed messaging. I can look, if I'm playing devil's advocate and putting myself in his shoes, and I can understand he feels like he wants to reward the players who played last week. But at the same time, they still lost. Um, It's not like you're changing a winning team. So for me, the bigger picture, and we touched on this last week, Sinead, with Lindsay, because Bavian Parsons isn't starting this game, so she'll hopefully be available for the Italy game next week. But after that, she could be gone. So you could face the, the reality that, as Greg McWilliams himself says, the, the country's most exciting, most talented player will have started one Six Nations game before she goes off to seven. So um, I feel like a broken record when I'm kind of banging on about kind of the sevens and stuff. And it's hard not to when when one of your best players is is starting on the bench, you'd love to be a fly on the wall for the conversations that are going on between the two, because I know if I was a player, it'd be interested to get Claire's view on it. If I was a player and my head coach was telling me, you know, telling me all the right things, but you have to make do with a place in the bench, I would find it hard to, hard to stomach. So um, it's tough because again, the bigger picture, we want to see Ireland's best players playing. Like this is how you grow the game. Um, like the amount of people, young kids that would have went last weekend, obviously to support the team, but 
the, the person they were really there to see was Baby and Parsons. And if you want to grow the game, you've got to see this girl more in action because it's all well and good towards next month, whenever it is, um, when she goes off to the sevens and if she rips it up, like it'll be great. But the reality is there's far more eyes on the Six Nations, Irish eyes at least, than there is on the Langford sevens that's going to be taking place. So it's tricky and it's definitely disappointing from, from a neutral and from an Irish point of view, I think. Yeah, of course. Uh, what do you make of it, Claire? Do you think this is the right call by Greg to leave Bavian on the bench? Do you understand it? I think there's there's probably like is I can understand maintaining consistency in in his selection. That's uh, something that we didn't quite see in the last few years. You know, there has been a lot of variety, and you know, a lack of building combinations. You know, did let us down. Um, you know, previously. So I can see his standpoint there. And um, there's also the other elements of like what's going on in training. You know, mm-hmm. we're not we're not going to be in those rooms and seeing and, you know, if he's backing his selection, you know, Amy Murphy Crow scored a lovely try. She's a fantastic player. You know, she's a game changer, you know, proven try scoring ability. And she's growing her game and she's learning as well. Lucy Mulhall obviously was playing the other wing and is starting again. You know, this is giving Lucy and Amy valuable experience that they won't get and they will be taken away. While Baven has probably more 15s games on their belt, you know, looking from a sheer exposure point of view, you know, you could see it from Greg's point of view. It's like, yeah, I have, I have Baven. She's, she's excellent. But these are two girls that have a lot less 15s experience. You know, they weren't involved in the AAL in the build up to the Six Nations. So is this their only run out this year? And you know, the calendar is not qualified to work, but it's pretty vacuous for the 15s program in the summer. So, you know, is this the only opportunity they're going to get to play 15s until the next Six Nations? Is Baden going to get to play more club? You know, I think there's a lot more play. I can understand, you know, from a playing point of view, yeah, hearing those messages on, you know, Greg speaking and Presser, you know, that can, I hope, good conversations have had gone on between him and Baden because, you know, you're like, well, you're saying all these lovely things, but God, I just want to start. Um, so, yeah, complete simple. If you were in her shoes, would you be really frustrated, Claire, hearing that, what he just said there about Baden? <laughs> You don't know what other conversations have gone on. So like, you know, Greg might have, you know, talked to her more in detail, given more depth that, like that she can make it easier to understand. And um, like, if you take that out in isolation, like anything in press can be interpreted and taken any which way. Um, like Baden is, you know, an excellent competitor, loves getting on ball and, you know, she'd be dying for the start. And, you know, that hopefully we see that when she comes on from the bench and makes a real impact. You know, the French back three are very exciting this weekend. We've got Sam Zeus out there as well who, you know, in 20 minutes made four tackles, created a lovely line break and scored a fantastic try. You know, this is a very good back line that the French are putting out. We are going to need, you know, to use our bench um, a lot more this weekend. You know, I think that's something we didn't do against Wales. You know, we, we didn't, you know, he commented on Mio and Cummins, successful bench strategy. It's like, well, we've got to learn from that. And, you know, maybe that's a little bit of, you know, it's a new management. They're not as familiar with their players. You know, they haven't had them as long. And then they're getting to know, at what point in the game, you know, can they come on? What, what impacts will they make? But, you know, we definitely see more changes um, going to the second half so that we don't have that second half slump that we had last weekend. And Baven's a key part of that. And maybe Greg's recognised that and seen Baven as this is a huge asset for us, you know, a super sub to really, or a finisher, it's a term I actually hate, but <laughs> like, you know, to come in and change the tone of the game, which we really didn't see from our bench last weekend. Just on that, Sinead, it's interesting because like last week we were kind of, you know, discussing that it is a World Cup sevens year. And, you know, was there maybe an element of that Bavian Parsons was being kind of held back for that? But I think 
the more I thought about it and the more you look at the team again, there are so many key sevens players within this team. Like Claire is touching a couple of them. Amy Lee Murphy Crow is also is a superstar in the seven stage. Lucy Mulhall is the captain. Mm-hmm. So you do have key sevens players. So I'm not sure if and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of contradicting myself because it was just the more I, I thought about it after our discussion last week. So I don't know necessarily if we can put forward the argument that she might be being held back for the sevens year because there's far too many key sevens players in that team. So it doesn't really stack up. So maybe Claire is right. Perhaps training hasn't been going that well but I, I thought she looked pretty sharp when she came on last week I mean she lo- looks to make things happen every time she gets the ball and like I said when you have such a talent like this you really want to nurture it I think properly to make sure that you get everything out of the player's talent itself but also try and like I said grow the game as much as possible yeah absolutely now Claire a real standout performer for Ireland last weekend was a woman you play uh, club rugby with at Wasps it is almost hard to believe that this is Sam Monaghan's first Six Nations she was terrific last weekend she had her brilliant offloads as we mentioned three and all she finished the weekend with the most lineouts one with eight what is behind her progression this season do you think? Um, I think just at Wasps when she came in like she's only this is her second year at Wasps um, it's just her ability to learn and to adapt and thrive um, you know her learning curve has been so steep and she's just jumped and soared like you know she plays like a, a Maratoji uh you know a very abrasive uh and to the opposition and in in attack uh, I think she's our lockdown queen like uh, you could have 10 or 12 clips of her just blocking the ball down um a couple of times resulting in tries uh you know she's been a phenomenal athlete for us and just willing to to learn like lineups has been a big aspect again that she's worked on this season you know we've seen a dramatic import- improvement in that and that's probably you know, an element of her game that she knows she needs to work on. And it's been just to see that come to fruition. You know, we were watching, we were playing that weekend, watching the game ourselves as, a, and yeah, our forwards coach will be proud of her. So I think, you know, she's a rare talent. Um, when she first came to us, we knew this, this is too something special. And it's just great to see her performing uh, in Six Nations now and really being a real leader for the team. Absolutely. Keen. there are so many things Ireland need to improve on going to France. It was interesting to hear Greg McWilliams say today that they've had support from Paul O'Connell and John Fogarty this week. I think we can remember during the World Cup qualifiers last September when the set piece wasn't going well and there were kind of calls for Paul O'Connell to get involved. But in terms of their scrum of defending the line at Mall, which the French love doing, France scores, I think it was their third try, you remember this, Claire, in their win over ye last year off the line at Mall and actually resulted in Aoife McDermott getting a yellow card for pulling the ball down at that time. So Ireland will need to be careful there as well. But King Ireland really need all the help they can get this week because France will absolutely expose those weaknesses on Saturday. Yeah, I think, first of all, Sinead, it's brilliant to acknowledge the fact that, you know, there is kind of, you know, that cross, the teams are working together, basically, because you see it at the 20s as well. I mean, the the Ireland senior coaches help out. So there's absolutely no reason why that shouldn't happen with the women's team as well. So I think, firstly, it's brilliant to see that happening, the joined up thinking. But yeah, I think... The fact that there's been no changes to the team and especially to the pack, I think would suggest that maybe the depth isn't quite there at the moment and they're going to have to work on this because certainly if there was, I think Greg might, Greg McWilliams might have made a couple of changes to that pack to kind of counteract the inevitable power that's coming from this French team. So look, he, he has picked the squad of players and he's backed them. I mean, I think I'm right in saying three players didn't even come off the Ireland bench last week as well, which was fairly interesting because you don't usually see that, I would say. I mean, we hear the cliche rolled out that it's a 23-person game and it really is. So having not seen three subs come on, 
I think was a bit interesting as well, particularly when the game was going awry for Ireland. So look, yeah, I think he mentioned that afterwards, though, that he that's something he'll kind of try and improve on is his use of the subs bench. Yeah, like, I mean, and Claire kind of touched on this earlier. The only way you're going to learn is by, you know, getting the caps and getting that experience under your belt. You can't expect these players to suddenly be thrown in the deep end and be able to handle what's what coming at them so look I don't think it's going to be an easy fix uh, this weekend I mean especially the fact that they've only had a couple of pitch sessions this week so like really and truly how much can you learn I think their first session might have been Wednesday they flew out to France on Thursday and um, that's really not a lot of time on the pitch I know the players are unbelievably dedicated and they would have been doing their own fitness and recovery in their own time but in terms of time on the pitch which is really where you're looking to make improvements um it just shows how difficult it is and france you know have had a far longer lead in time as well to the six nations like why was it ireland had three training camps to get ready for this like france have been preparing a lot longer so um it's another weekend where we probably have to be realistic in in our expectations but even flicking through the the french team um they they're like last week the Wales had over three times the number of caps that Ireland did, but Wales are this week France only have about a hundred more. So while the quality might be there, you're not facing the same level of experience, if that makes sense. So um hopefully they can go over and put a, a good show on. I think the set piece as well is something that's going like really need to improve. I think the you mentioned Sam Monaghan, I thought like she was outstanding. And if she is the one that's running the line out with Nicola Friday, then that go into way to France and I believe there's really there's no tougher place to go um for this Ireland team to to learn on the job um that's such a valid point uh Claire that Keane makes there and it's something we might forget sometimes but this squad have such little time together it's so different to the national men's team who were in camp together for most of the week and would have had all that time to dissect and work on improvements from the previous week the women's team don't have that as Keane said they came back into camp on Wednesday afternoon they flew out to France today so the issues that they had last weekend like their discipline for example with 14 penalties is that enough time to get things right for Saturday? I think there's like quick lessons that can be taken, you know, uh, it's called managing the referee in terms of, you know, if they're, because obviously the roll away and the breakdown tackler was the key problem. You know, if it's a very simple, it's called quick focus that they can bring into session is like, right, if you're making a tackle, you run away, you get out. And, and then you can either choose to, I suppose, leave the breakdown alone in terms of your jackler coming in, which invites less penalties in the first place because it wasn't that our doctors weren't in the right position you know they were challenging but if a player is in the way or obstructing anyone referee has no choice but to award a penalty on the breakdown so that's a real simple fix you know that's just a mentality that right we're not going to have to we're going to have to slow the breakdown in a way that is an effective tackle on the roll or whether we just get an aggressive line speed and we saw that with our dominant tackle count being the highest of all all the teams this weekend but we can get dominant tackles and let's put the French skills under pressure. We saw the French team exhibit rustiness against the Italians, along with England, both kind of top tier teams that we're all, I suppose, aspiring to, you know, the professionalism. You know, there was an unforced errors, kind of a rustiness to both of their games. So why not contest the breakdown, leave it alone? Don't invite the penalty because we don't want the likes of Joanne kicking up the field. We know she could kick but reasonable three-pointers from around the field and also territory game, you know, don't invite these opportunities. So I think that's something that can be fixed. With regards to set-piece, that's a different story. You know, it's great to hear that the likes of Paul O'Connell and John Fogarty are, you know, helping out and giving Greg some advice, you know, helping Dave Hannon and Rob Sweeney that are running it for the women's game. 
but these are big lessons like I can't tell you that I learned in my first five caps how to scrummage properly and how to get off the scrum and defend properly or how to defend them all properly you know that's just not something that's going to happen I'll, I'll pick up little bits but you know those are detailed learnings that take months you know and lots of input if you've only got three weekends of camps can you spend you know two 50-minute sessions on wall defense probably not did, did that frustrate you Claire that you just didn't have the time to get things right I think it was the nature of you know the priority was getting the AIL out and having that it's called the top end league and creating an AIL final and focusing on the club game you know you, there's so many things to improve on in the women's game you can't just we don't have an infinite time you know or infinite weekends to do this so you know there's always going to be to the detriment of like if we had more camp time we would have taken from away from the AIL developing more a broader group of players I think you know Greg McWilliams hands are tied you know we had to choose one option and there was always going to be pros and cons to it um you know it's great to have a competitive AI final and you know that experience would have benefited the wider group of players and obviously we see the likes of Evie Riley benefit that and get her first start and you know she's shown some exciting opportunities you know she's a young scrum half and yeah the speed of ball was great accuracy sometimes not as good but you know that exposure at that level is is vital you know and Nick Cronin getting her first start at 10, you know, getting exposed to the speed that she's going to have to make her decisions under, you know, I think she did some nice kicking, but it also was a great learning curve for her to realise in international league, you don't have that much time as a 10 on the ball, you know, and she was put under pressure. And I think that's something she can hopefully bring into the next game. So if we were kind of in a rock and a hard place between the amount of time we can have together as a group or the amount of game time that the girls needed, you know, we are coming off COVID. We haven't had a club season, you know, a full club season in over a year, 18 months before that. So, you know, we're in a difficult place. I think there was no right answer to the amount of time you could have together versus game time. It kind of brings us into the argument of, you know, we saw the improvements that Wales made uh, last weekend from last year. Obviously, they've got their professional contracts and we know we know that a lot of work has to happen at grassroots level. But this Women's Six Nations, Claire, it's not a level playing field between the teams that are professionals and those like Ireland that are elite amateur. Where are you on uh, the argument for contracting players? I think the Welsh it's called contracting. I think I think Greg McWilliams touched on it, talked, touched upon it this week that you know a little investment gives a big return in the women's game because there is so little investment. You know I think unlike in the men's game where you're looking at the Italy trying to catch up with the top tier nations and doing you know the top all the five countries ahead of them, their learning curve is just as as high. While as Italy and while in the women's game you know you look at the England and France and they're kind of. They are still continuing improving, but they're not going to improve as quickly as as called the other four. Um, I think what we can do is hopefully in the future there will be contracts introduced for the Irish women's team and that we reap the benefit and I suppose jump up the level a lot quicker than what's called England and France. So I think, yeah, there is disparity between the teams, but in comparison to looking at the men's Six Nations, I think it's easier for the women's teams to catch up with the top two. Do you think they should contract players sooner rather than later? I think going into the next uh, next Six Nations year, particularly with World 15 in place, you're looking at two large tournament windows with tournament prep. So you're looking at least, you know, so five weekends of games, you're going to have, you want to have more than three events of prep. So looking at four or five, so that's 10 weeks by two. That's 20 weeks of your year. You know, I think even just from a working point of view, mm-hmm. that, and an, an increased degree of the hybrid contracts that Wales have offered as well, and we've seen other countries with um, bursaries in Scotland. You know, 
I think there will have to be a come a point where we can't be relying on, you know, having a, a, a good group of contracted sevens players to beef us up and to be able to make these commitments or young students, you know, we need to look to support the, the player, the slightly older player, the professional, you know, player with a career and how we can get them to play their best rugby. Um, well, this, the Six Nations, just to come in on that, Claire, the Six Nations shows that like, you absolutely cannot rely on these seven stars because they're going to be gone at the end of it. So, like, how do you plan? You can't, like, as a head coach, you've almost got one hand tied behind your back because it's all well and good starting all these girls now. But the reality is that, like, whatever it is, six or seven of them are going to be gone and most of them are starters now. So, it just shows that you cannot rely on the seven players to keep the Six Nations going. And ultimately, the Six Nations is what we've all been brought up on. Like it's the lifeblood of, of Irish rugby. And Sinead, you're so right to point to the Wales example, because like personally, I didn't think like that Wales were exceptionally skillful in anything they did, but I thought their conditioning and their fitness was really, really impressive. Uh, you and could you, see it straight away. Yeah, absolutely. And that is, that's something that shouldn't be overlooked in terms of getting the contracts because these girls are spending far more time working in the gym working on their fitness and that really showed at the end of the game because Ireland led for most of it and just that like you know we, we bemoan the lack of pitch time and it's absolutely right to do that but just to put a positive spin in it I was really encouraged by considering that lack of pitch time how good the attacking shape was I thought the skill level on show was really really impressive from Ireland so it just shows you what can be achieved I mean, we were talking to Neve Briggs earlier this week about this, and she was saying since she's come in as assistant coach, she's kind of working with Greg and the attack, but they put a big focus on the basics of like catch pass. And like you could really see that 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 had paid off. So you got to give the, the coaching staff as well as the players time. And I think it's encouraging that because they've had so little time, we've seen improvements already. The players touched on it, the set piece stuff and the mall, that will take more time because purely you need more time in the training pitch but you can't do it all in one go and this is why it's going to be a slow build um so yeah like i i think my glass would definitely be half full overall but without kind of ignoring the bigger picture stuff that that isn't going away anytime soon unless changes happen yeah, I don't think it is going to go away. Now, just on France before we wrap, uh, they, they still run up a bonus point win um, over a really exciting Italian team, actually. And uh, But they still had the luxury of making seven changes to their team. I mean, it's just incredible. Among those changes, winger Saral Bani and fullback Emily Boulard came into the team. Now, they both did damage, uh, Claire, as you well remember, against Ireland and Donnybrook last year. They scored tries. We know this French team can do it any which way they want with their power and their pace. But Claire, in particular, what are the many areas, uh, but the areas in particular that we need to watch out for on Saturday? I think we've got to watch Senzu's. I think she's uh, fabulous. Number nine, you know, uh, French are blessed to have two fabulous women with Pauline Bourdon um, out currently with an injury. Um, I think she's just electric and exciting and you know, should really threaten that first phase defence that unfortunately we saw a poor example of the last minute of the game, you know, with the Welsh scrum try. So that's going to be something that will need to be very much watched and they'll look to target Ireland on that. Um, just looking at that kind of breakdown between um, the defence. Um, you've got the likes of uh, Bane, who's an excellent winger. You know, she's proven that she's a try scoring opportunity. So but I'd be optimistic, and I think it's something we saw with um, our, our defence is that um, it's got our back three are, are very good defenders. You know, Amy Murphy-Crow, Lucy Mulhall, you know, you might run past them, but there's not many people who 
won't, won't catch you. You know, as we're watching them against the Welsh team, we've got some of the quickest backline we've ever had. But if you make a line break, still back Eve Higgins to catch you or Amy Lee Murphy Crow. You know, I think, you know, our scramble defence has been in this great time. And then um, I can't wait to see Stacey Flood in the midfield. I think it's a real big defensive game for her. And, you know, she made some stunning hits. And, you know, the abrasive style of the French um, defence, you know, their aggressive line speed. I think um, it'll be a, a good, uh, interesting battle out there um, between her and Pierre Ronnie. Um, so I think there's a couple of exciting battles to look at. And then you've got uh, Menage at number eight. So she's moved from flank to there. From Dan Groves being rested. Um, she's a big ball carrier, you know. She's about similar size to Emily Scarra. So you're like six foot running at you. Um, so she's gonna let's go challenge our back row, but I think the likes of uh, Adele McMahon does like making a good chop tackle, and I think we saw her, you know, throwing her body where no one else wants to go multiple times. So that would be a good battle to watch. Uh, and then you know we've got Linda, our secret weapon, yes. knows the French, uh, teammate of Jesse Tumulier, um, can understand what they're saying. So hopefully we'll get some feedback in line out, and then the the girls will be able to manage that better. And yeah, I know she's been a real talent. Um, she excelled uh, last weekend. And I'm looking forward to seeing her out there again. You know, I think it's going to be, you know, difficult for to, us to go away and win over in France. Um, I don't think no Irish team has ever done it. I think what we need to see is improvements in our, our defence off set piece. Um, so dealing with the mall, the French scrum. We saw with Italy like to keep the ball alive that they did threaten in France. And, you know, the scoreline didn't quite reflect um, what the Italians were doing on the pitch. Um, and then there was a lot of ill-discipline from the French. So, you know, we can create that situation again, get our bit, bit up the field, you know, Nick Cronin kicking touchline conversions and then we knock away a couple of penalties, get some points zone. And then it'd be nice to see the Irish more. Mm. You know, it's not something we saw on the pitch and see how we can be threatening up there. Um, you know, we didn't really, you know, have sustained phase play. So it'd be nice to see if we can build some phases together um, and create an attacking platform. So predictions, you're going to go with a France win, clear. I think so. I think yeah. it's just, it's a challenging, you know, you know, it's a learning time. It's about developing and learning from our mistakes. You know, going to France away when you have a vastly experienced squad and you're on the way to your World Cup, it's it's still a huge, huge ask to beat them at home. You know, they have fantastic home support. You know, they have a full stadium. Um, I think it's just a little bit of a step too far, but what's important is that we progress as a team. Um, we see improvement in our discipline, improvement in our defence around set piece. And let's see what our attack is like under pressure from one of the best teams in the world. Mm. Keen. France have made changes, and I suppose the tour, the two tier nature of the Six Nations means that like the likes of France and England can rotate their squads because they're trying to build depth for the World Cup. So it makes sense. So that's what France, to me, that's what it looks like they're doing here. So, you know, if Ireland were to get a good start and the, the big crowd was to get a bit nervy, like there could be a bit of complacency in the French ranks, and you'd never know from there. I was just having a look. I think the bookies make it 23 points in France's favour, which probably sounds about right. So, look, I think we just want to see an improvement, improved performance from, from the Irish team, more cohesion and showing that they maybe have learned a few of the lessons from last week. But that's going to be easier said than done because I think the power of this French pack is going to be on, on another level to they can put in a good show. Like you said, I'm heading over there. So, I mean, hopefully I'm reporting on a historic victory for, for Ireland. 
Oh, hopefully so. Well, Keen, enjoy Toulouse and Claire, enjoy watching from the couch. Well, that's it from us on the left wing. Greg McWilliams will actually be on the left wing with Luke and Will next week. We'll also be back to review Ireland's performance against France and look ahead to Ireland's round three game against Italy at Musgrave Park. Bye for now. <laughs>